Welcome to Adventures in Business. This is a show where we have thought-provoking conversations with founders, CEOs, and business leaders of various industries to learn about their stumps, falls, trials, tribulations, and successes on how they manage the current business environment. Join our hosts, Mandy Graziano and Amani Roberts, as we chat with our next guest. Happy Monday, Mandy. How are we doing today? We have another exciting episode planned. What is new with you today? Oh, Amani, what isn't new? <laughs> There's so much exciting stuff. I uh, I just did a virtual group sales coaching class, and it was super fun. It was about one of my favorite topics. It was about time is our greatest asset and how yeah. to not be that stressed out salesperson, overall salesperson. And, uh, and it's, you know, none of it's rocket science, but it was just awesome because everybody contributed, everybody had a takeaway nugget. And I just, it just fills my cup. I love those conversations. So I'm hot, I'm hot off the presses from that feeling, feeling great. What about you? Your class is out of session right now. Are you just like hanging by the pool? What are you, what are you doing right now? I wish I could be hanging by the pool. No, just, uh, Working on, like, got some summer trips and gigs planned out, finished turning in grades. We had graduation. Um, so that's kind of what I'm working on. I did watch this very, very good TV show that I've, I've that captured my mind and my heart. Have you heard of the show Normal People? No. I, I, I see. It's really good. I highly recommend it. It's really well done. So that was like a good 12-episode, 30-minute binge-worthy type of time. So that was what took up some of my weekend. But um that's all that I'm doing. I'm enjoying the break over the summer before I have to do my summer work. No classes, just regular work. That's mm -hmm. what's up with me. <laughs> do you stay up late when you binge watch? Are you like, oh crap, it's three in the morning. Like, is that, what happens? How does that work for you? So I try to, not really that late. Like what I'll do is I'll watch some episodes like on the TV downstairs and then I'll get ready for bed. And then if it's really good, I'll put it on my iPad and keep watching there and the iPad for one episode and then go to bed. So I, I don't stay up till three o'clock yet. I haven't gotten to that point just yet. <laughs> it's for the best. Don't start. Do not start. Yes. You won't be able to stop. Okay. That's for the best. Okay. Deal. Deal. Now, who do we have joining us today? Someone very exciting. Somebody very, very exciting. So this man, <laughs> he makes safety sexy. And I'm telling you, I I grew up in a house where my dad was the, the man of safety. That was his whole job. But this guy, this guy will teach us a thing or two about safety in the workplace. He has gamified compliance. And I know you love gamification, Armani. He's gamified compliance for the hospitality industry. He started an accidental book club. He's a professional musician who actually wrote the introduction theme song to the show Shameless. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he is the founder of an awesome company called Arrowop. We have Jason Berkowitz today. All right. Round of applause. We'll welcome in Jason right there. There we go. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, Jason. Welcome. I'll applaud myself for that introduction. Thank you very much. That's a great introduction. Yes. I'll give, my, I'll give it up to me. Okay. <laughs> we, we have to ask right off the bat, how did this uh, trailer song, introductory song for Shameless, which is a big deal, how did that come to be? 
So this was my college band that I went in and out of, came out to California afterwards to actually became a, a fake stomper. And it was the case when stomp was really big. And I was, uh, you know, I guess they liked that they had this Jewish kid with earrings and long dreadlocks who could hold a beat, really no other talents aside from that, but it worked enough. And um, really figured out how to be somewhat of a professional creator and musician. Then I, the old band was sending me some awesome songs from Brooklyn. And I was like, guys, this is, it's time to take this up a level. So I, I moved back out to Brooklyn in the early aughts. And we built up for a while this band and toured. I left, came back out to LA because I was actually itching to get back into the restaurant business. And they had this half piece song together. Um, and it was almost like the slow melody. And if anyone knows it, it's from the song, but think of all the luck you've got. And it was a slow little melody. I said, you guys are killing me. This thing is a rocker. Give me the guitar. Give me this. And wrote the opening riff and put together the other pieces of it and rearranged the whole thing. And lo and behold, right, just kind of hit and, and went on a couple commercials. And um, it's a pretty amazing. I just looked on Spotify. Just on Spotify, it has almost 11 million yeah. hits. Just so Spotify. Awesome. Yeah. Um I mean, this song alone made over a million. It was kind of insane. Now you got to share it with a bunch of people, but it was pretty cool. And, and during the pandemic, when we were kind of like sh not shutting down the biz, but everyone was figuring things out, I turned to my husband because we were still getting residuals. I was like, you know, uh, uh, just so you know, you're married to a, a rock and roll musician, right? Now. <laughs> rock, <laughs> Which a is bona fide neat. rock star. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fun, fun. So claim to fame of fun things, but, uh, deep into the, the the business that we talk about and all the different uh, entrepreneur opportunities. Awesome. Great so story. Way to start it off. Yeah. Um, also curious, like looking at your experience. So you, you're here, like, why did you originally decide that within the restaurant and kind of food portion of the hospitality industry, why and how did that attract you to be your focus? That's a hard life to live. It's long hours, thankless. And you have some angry customers who are upset about their food many times. Why did that, what, what, what was it about that that attracted you to that side of the industry? You know, it was, it was 14. Well, first off, I grew up in a funeral, not in the funeral home, but the family business there's a fourth generation funeral directors started in the late 1800s. Fascinating. And so hospitality was pretty much thoroughly mm -hmm. in my blood, um, mm -hmm. which was kind of awesome. And I, washing cars at 10 and, and, you know, doing all that that was to sort of be a part of business. And lo and behold, I was just itching down the street was the local Burger King. And I don't know what it was, but it was, you know, so exciting to me that I had to get there. And I think it was the vibe and I think it was the energy. And um, at the time I did like their fries better than McDonald's, although that probably flipped. And like, <laughs> so I went in and it was, really my first introduction to an element of community of people around my own age. I mean, I was 14, so I lied a little bit to get in there, but <laughs> Cleveland, you know, eighties, you were able to do what you needed to do. And um, that was a vibe that I loved. And then I moved over to coffee houses and I saw this great local uh, purveyor at the mall. And I just kind of loved that These old, guys and ladies were sitting around kibitzing and they, there was this community that was built 
in this coffee house. And so I went in and started to really get into flavors and the roasting and how we can, you know, talk to people, what do they want? And just, it really was this community center and that built. And um, then I went to college, got a degree in psychology, which was awesome, which really helps my love of people and management. And as you say, unhappy customers and whatnot. And over the years, uh, I was able to actually, as I mentioned, be a professional musician. I mean, I was fortunate enough that for my 20s, a good portion of them, I mean, music paid the bills, but I just missed the vibe of a restaurant. I love it. And I jumped back into steakhouses in New York City and just took off from there. I mean, right? What don't you, I mean, to me, I'm far more excited to go to the vibe of that than maybe to a rock show today of any kind. Mm -hmm. It's electric. There's food. I mean, if you're a wine drinker, I just, I love the senses, everything that it's activating. Um, even as I don't like loud situations as much as I used to because of years of rock and roll and banging, banging on yeah. trash cans, <laughs> you know, there's the vibe and that's really what it is. And the other thing I'll turn it over quickly or follow up on is this kind of like responsibility to the community, to, you know, somebody took me under their wing when I was a, a, a punk teenager and helped me feel like I belonged to something. And in turn, I've always felt that responsibility and opportunity that somebody's coming here to be a part of something and it's, a, and it's a time to grow. And I love that because that's a pay it forward moment. You know, how do we impact and affect the community we want to engage with? Well, get involved in that and restaurants do that, which I love. I, I love that. Okay. I have a couple follow-up questions. How come we have never talked about Cleveland before? Where in I was Cleveland? Gonna ask. I, was I didn't ask. want to interrupt you, but I was like, geez, Louise, where in Cleveland is first question? Beachwood. But Cleveland Heights was where uh, Cedar uh, Center was where the Burger King was. And was there that the Caribou Coffee was there too? No, or no? Yeah, uh, Caribou Coffee came in a little bit later. And then. Oh, uh, I love that area. Yeah, when they rebuilt it. And then there used to be. Uh, Corky and Lenny's, and it was just kind of this old, sticky. It's right, Cleveland. So there you go. Cleveland. You know, I'm from Cleveland. I don't know if you know. I'm from Cleveland. I, I, it's like it's now it's coming. Like, I'm like, did you see something here. once? And I wanted it. I mean, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. What part I, for you? I grew up on the west side. I grew up in North Royalton. Um, yeah. But, but I got to tell you, I've been in San Diego 23 years now. But my, my, I was this like cheerleader who was popular, who also, like I didn't fit in with who I should have fit in with. I loved going to the independent movies. I loved the weird little art festivals, but nobody that I hung with wanted to do any of that. So I would go to Coventry. I would go to Cleveland Heights. I was going to say Coventry. That was like right by where you're, where you live. That was like my escape yeah. from like yeah. the cool stuff of high school. I was like there by myself, like watching, going to the Cedarly cinema yeah. and all that stuff so oh that's so cool we might have crossed paths at some point small world possibly small right world. coventry was yeah. such this cool little incubator and yeah. and right the cedar lean whatnot where you had if there was a rocky horror picture show they were showing late night Midnight, or yeah. arabica arabica coffee house that's arabica and right arabica. in the ice smoker that they had mm -hmm. and that's where you know i learned three good three chords on the guitar but still went and played open mic and <laughs> oh my god i went to all the open mics and the poetry slams did you go to the yeah. poetry slams <laughs> yeah of course 
in a yeah. past life, we might have known each other. You never know. That's so, that's that's so that's well, mm. I love your your intention about giving back to the hospitality community because I think we're at a phase in the hospitality industry where it's really hard to recruit and retain great talent. It's really hard to tell people, come, come to us. But once we get them here, what are we doing to keep them here? And I love your mindset about that, right? How are you giving back the way that people gave to you? And so I want to ask you with that, because I think in your company, in Arrow Up, you deal with some things that are important issues in the hospitality industry, but issues nobody wants to touch. So can you just talk a little bit about Arrow Up and what you do with sexual harassment training, with leadership training, with some of those really hot topics that are really necessary in the hospitality industry? Yeah, I appreciate it. So I'm a long time, I guess the arc in the middle was when I got really serious into restaurants. Um, I was waiting tables and then a buddy of mine who was in, who was a director of ops was just like, what are you doing? Like, let's go. It's time to jump to the next level. And I got into management and quickly started to evolve and became a general manager and, and really just put my focus there. Then worked with Umami Burger, a great national chain, and scaled them from five to almost 20 locations and started to work with a lot of different operators and then took Hire Organica, took them from two to 17 and really became the COO and somebody who who worked my way up. And, and really the only way I was working my way up was because I was upset. I wanted to get things done. And I thought the people above me weren't moving as fast as I wanted to and to see how it was all connected. And so quite honestly, not in a sense of like survivor or anything like that. I just was very transparent about it's a holistic system. It all needs to connect and communicate and they're all connected to each other. And so I would work my way up into operations to make sure everybody was held accountable from the, from the, the bottom up to the top, side to side. And then I'd always had this, you know, love of training. And when I would go into a new place, even my last job as a chief operating officer, um, I said, don't talk to me for a month. And I did the same thing with Umami in a couple different places. I am just going to lock myself in and build a training program. And I'm not a COO. I'm not a VP. I'm not whatever you need me to be right now. I'm just documenting it. And it works because the second, if you don't take time to be proactive. You're just going to constantly be reactive. Mm -hmm. And I've always had this love of putting this together. And then after we secured some, some new investment and was able to grow, I'm great to get you to 20. I'm not the guy to get you past that in locations. So I said, okay, it's time to build this company. And I'm going to start with anti-harassment training. And the reason is this, it was becoming mandatory but I had always in California, even before it was mandatory or anywhere, I had always rolled this out for all of my companies. I just thought mm -hmm. it was something that you did, set the baseline. I was doing, doing it from the start. But it was awful. There were cheesy reenactments. They had no value. So it was more of a cover your ass than really drive culture. Mm -hmm. And I just started to see this opportunity. And, I, and, you know, you know, the book that I wrote, right? Mm -hmm. Please don't sleep with the host mm -hmm. and uh, 49 other tips of, as we're both published author, sales mm -hmm. tales and, yeah. And, so and Amani, Amani, I was going to yeah. say, I know, right. Right. <laughs> and, author as well, and, I, <laughs> yep. and so what that taught me was, and it, and I'd written it pre me too, but I held on to it. Um, 
because I was worried and I tried to come up with all these other titles. But the book in nature was just a conversation about us on the industry having real talk, right? Two people having a, a shift drink, talking about what's going on. And I tried to come up with all these other titles. And then I just was like, but that's fake. This is authentic. If you get it, you get it. The game within the game is our friend, you know, as we say with Sean Walchef mm -hmm. and all that. And I put it out there and the response was incredible because people got the intention and the conversation behind it. And I said, you know, we can do the same thing with the anti-harassment training. Let's have, let's create a real authentic course that gets blurry, talks about the gray area, um, isn't so black and white, isn't cheesy, having real conversations and isn't all like, you can't, you can't. It's like, well, what about this? Because I liked hugging when I, or what about the, it's gray area and we're all weird in this business. Um, and so we found a way to, to create something that had color and authenticity and communicate the way we all talk. And uh, my creative director and partner is worked for commercials and he's my favorite. He's just my favorite artist together. We put this awesome course together and it worked mm, awesome. and people started to, to capture it. And, uh, and so much so that Jack in the box licensed it. And I realized they were like, it might be a little, we might need to make it more conservative for our <laughs> franchises. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Joe and the juice an international brand was like, don't change a thing. Yeah. So that was kind of the, uh, the impetus of it. And, and at the heart of it was, you know, my favorite thing, which is, do I belong? How do I feel here? How am I being treated? What's my responsibility in the role, right? Sometimes you just got to step up and, and learn some of these things maybe that you didn't learn on the playground and really, and that grows into safety and that grows into culture. So it was the foundation for all that's coming actually, which is everything I'm excited about. So, so awesome. Some, yeah. Some follow up questions for you um, as a fellow uh, published author. First, we'll stick with the book, then I want to ask you about the process. What are maybe four or five of the most popular tips that you give in the book that you can share with us? Um, let's see, I haven't read it for a little bit. First one, I think, which is great, is uh, change your socks mid-shift. Um, <laughs> if you are working a double, if you are working a double, bring a two pairs of socks and change them mid-shift. Mid-shift. And it just, when you, and it was something I think from years ago, maybe it was like Platoon or some movie that I had seen where they really talked about the power of the socks and the jungle yes. and army and, mm -hmm. and how that affects you and that in your feet are your foundation. So yes. I would do it and I would bring socks in for other people that they knew they could come to me if they didn't have a second pair and they ended up realizing they had to work later than they wanted. And they would come in. Sometimes we would do a little ritual. I would have everybody sit down, take the socks off, sit for a second, mm, chill for a second, find that moment, think of yourself, got your feet in the sand. Okay, let's get up and go. And so that was one. Um, okay. Another one is teaching how the expo and the host stand are really connected. And how you really, if you want to be somebody that understands the floor, you need to know where the tickets are in the line and where they are at the door and make sure that they're talking to each other. And you need to be the person that relays 
everything. And, and it gets better with technology, but still to know that what's coming in and the expectation and what's going out um, are connected and keep, you know, I'm the guy, how many menus are, I would walk into the kitchen, right? How many menus are down? And I would walk into the expo, how many tickets are on the line? Or sorry, I'd walk into the host stand, how many tickets are on the line? Um, another one, your expo, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the owner or the chief operating officer going in. The most powerful person when you walk into the kitchen is the expo or whoever is controlling that. Do not start coming in, talking, coming around the corner. Hey, where's the chicken on? Shut, you know, it's the, the, how you are going to knock the thing out of line is insane. So your ego is gone the second you would come in the door and, and they would see that with me. Right. I mean, coming in, I'd stand there and wait, um, you know, and so here's one other one that I'll tell you then final one to end with. Um, <laughs> sometimes the train goes off the tracks and, yeah, the truth. and sometimes there's just not to speak like a California hippie, but it's just bigger than we are. Sometimes our game is off. You talk to any sports team, you talk to any band, right? You go out there, you play a gig. Sometimes the energy is not in your favor. And what you got to do is I look at it like in tennis, that second hit every ball like it's that second serve. The first one you're driving. If you don't get it over the net, that second one, you take it a little more with more caution and careful. Well, Assume that every first ball is not going to go over the net. So every play and just sometimes the train goes off the track. So let's, let's be calm. Let's bring it back. Let's recognize it's bigger than us. And now let's play with caution, not defense. We're just not so we're not throwing so many three pointers thinking we're in the pocket tonight. Okay. Excellent. There you go. Love it. Well done. Now follow question about the book awesome. is that, as a published author, many people have like books they want to write. They maybe even write down an outline, but they can never complete it. It's always kind of still there, kind of on the cutting room floor, so to speak, to borrow a film analogy. What was maybe some lessons you learned when you went through the book writing and publishing process? Um, I love it. So there's a couple things. One is perspiration over inspiration. Mm. And that is above all, right? That's mm. it. Get up and write. Mm. We just went to the Hemingway Museum. Every day, it's a job. You punch in, whether he gets four words on the typewriter or not, he punched in every day. So it's showing up. My bandmate in the High Strung, so if you're listening, go check out the High Strung. We got a new album, uh, Address <laughs> Unknown. So my bandmate is... Um, uh, he's a successful writer. He wrote Bird Box, which if if anyone knows, right? And that's was on Netflix too. And Mallory, and he's really big cool. in the and yeah. So he's really big in the in the horror scene, really successful writer. And and he's one of the most prolific writers I've known. And he's written, I think today, 38 books. And he said, Look, I'm a full-time writer. And if I actually just sit and write four hours a day. I'm publishing more than the majority of I'm, I'm outpacing everybody. Okay. And he There's, goes, and you look at this, I, I wrote a thousand page book and a 200 page book and this, and he goes, it's just sitting there for four hours a day. 
and you're working eight hours a day where you're, I'm, I'm sitting here four hours a day and it's working. So it's about showing up and it's also about letting to me, the editing process be the editing process, get as much as you can down while you can. So it, it's two things there. One is even if you don't feel it, show up and write. Mm-hmm. But when you're feeling it, keep writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are, those are some, those are some tips. And then don't be afraid. And look with chat GPT, it's changing the whole editing process, but um, don't be afraid. Get ready to have your words beaten up a little bit. You oh, know, yes. He, he said to me, everybody, if you're trying to write something right now, go read a sentence. Probably the number one thing that you will change, and he taught me this, Josh Mallerman, is changing it from a passive sentence to an active sentence. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about going to, no, I went to, I want to go to, you'll see, you'll, you'll take a 400 page book and drop it down to 300 words, 400 words to 300, whatever that is, you know, pages quickly. So there's these little tricks and I'm in the middle of writing my new book. Yeah. So what's your new Uh, book about? Talk to us. Sorry, not to hold court, but I'm in the middle of doing this. I right mean, this now, is the whole purpose of being here is for you to hold court. We might put your crown on. Yes. We want you to hold court. Oh, Lord, we are just his subject for the moment. Yes. So, so because I'm in the middle of it now with my new book, um, and and giving myself the same uh, push, which is so the new book is we're all a little fucked up, and. Um, whether or not I keep the swear word, I'm working on this, but it's basically the idea of, um, well, I'll tell you what, right? Chapter one, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will screw me up for life, surviving mm. the playground. Mm. And it's the idea that if we understand that we're all a little fucked up, then we disarm this expectation that everybody's perfect. And we disarm, how can they, can I believe, well, you know what? You know, that person that's honking, that you're honking at because you can't believe they slowed down looking for an address, that was probably you yesterday, the other person. <laughs> and, yeah. and if we disarm this expectation, then I actually think we can kind of come back together in community. And that's my sort of find common ground, come back to the dinner table and have conversations and empathy and, and really giving that space I really love that. That's the core of everything I'm doing in business and books is disarming the expectation and let human, we all have our accountability. You have to be held accountable. And if you ask me my mantra, it's show up. I mean, you got to show up. And sometimes showing up means you literally can't make it, but you made the conversation, you made the call, you took care of business, you communicated. So to me, with that understanding, it's about, really recognizing that we're all a little weird and we got to work through these things together. We got to take dial it back a bit. So I'm excited for it. Ooh. Amani. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That, um, yes, yes. How do you manage your time between your professional life and then writing a book? I think about it. It's about managing your energy and understanding where your energy is and then protecting that and building around that. So I really don't take meetings before 11 in the morning. Um, the only person I talk to is once or twice a week, Mandy with I and, and, and the um, right digital hospitality on Clubhouse. Wednesdays and Fridays, 
10 a.m. Pacific time. Um, PST, PST. <laughs> PST. I really protect that time to write in the morning. Mm. Um, I'm a contributing writer for Nation's Restaurant News. Um, you know, I've set some responsibilities and expectations. So I'm most creative from 6.30 in the morning till 10.30. So that's the time for me. And then you work to the business and you really save the end of the day for things that you can sort of push through. Even if you're like at four o'clock, I could have moon boots on my feet. It's just about showing up and getting it done. That's mm. kind of how you do it. So manage your energy. Mm. That's the trick. I have a question about staying relevant. So you know, you have these great clients, you have Jack in the box and Joe in the juice and, the, and, and they've cycled through a couple different courses with you, right? And their employees have seen it. So how do you stay fresh with new curriculum? How are you offering that to your customers? Are they, are they re-upping? Are they going somewhere else for something new? Like how do you, how, what does that rotation look like? The it's about we built everything to be pretty modular so that we can sub some things out and drop some things in. In California, let's say for anti rest, you take it every two years, so a lot of it fades away. So we want to just change out particular things, colors, pops, and then we're constantly interviewing. So if I can't match magic, if I capture it or we capture it as a team, we'll drop it in on the leadership development, the same thing. So we'll interview. We'll work with different people. If we capture magic, we drop it in. And then now we're going to start to grow um, our course catalogs. And we've we've been asked by a lot of people to build out our marketplace, but I've, I've held off because um, we've been really a, a core source of business has been custom content from everything from the city of Santa Monica to telehealth businesses to restaurants to cashiers. So we have a good core business and we're going to continue that. But in all honesty, we're really, really, or, and in all honesty, we're really moving towards micro training. And with this new toolkit we're launched, the idea is, and where you have safety as the foundation, we'll cover your foundation courses, but relevancy becomes the constant general pressure every week, every month, you're getting a nugget that matters that you can take back to your team or that you need to do as a team member. And so I'm really, we're going to keep the foundation, the foundation, we'll tweak them, we'll update them. They're coming back to us to answer that question, right? Because they they see it. Um, and we're, we're excited to say, great, you've got us for foundation, but really see join our micro training revolution. Um, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Cause like so much information at one time is too much, especially mm -hmm. with who's coming into the marketplace in our work world. So yeah. I love the micro training. Okay. Um, safety, sexy. Can you, can, can you tell us how you make safety sexy <laughs> yeah. and yeah. what is insure tech? I'm hope, I think these two are related, but if not, sure. and then, and then Imani, um, I'll back off, I'll back off then. <laughs> no, it's great. And I appreciate it. So we're, you know, what's interesting is, so we cover safety and, and the idea was OSHA in a box. And what's really happening, what's interesting is, you know, 
a lot of people through the pandemic, we realized safety became a concern. Um, a lot of people want to be compliant, but they can't. There's a lot of lawsuits going around, you know, people who are coming up on this. And then you have employees that don't feel safe. Um, so it's less about the OSHA violations and more about what they represent and the fact that it's the actual employees that are saying something or the lawyers that are coming through. And we looked at it and we said, well, actually, in fact, there's so much money being left on the table because for every injury you have, um, you know, for every dollar you spend directly, you lose $4 in indirect costs to a restaurant over time, product loss, these things that really move the needle, your X mod score, which is a score you get when for injuries. So it's a percentage. You can pay anywhere from one and a half to 7% on top of every hundred dollars payroll. I mean, think about that. So, or let's say two and a half to seven. That's the difference of are you paying two and a half bucks for every hundred dollars or seven and a half dollars. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just for every hundred. I mean, we're talking about real money. Mm-hmm. So you've got this going on and you have a lot of great restaurants that want to do right, but don't know how to do it. So I said, you know what? We actually can make an incredible platform that feels like Apple TV plus, which is what it does. So that's sexy. Number one, the UX, the UI, the interface. It's just like, um, getting on Apple TV. You got beautiful thumbnails, gifts, rotating memes, these things that are just really landing and have high, high design. Then in the courses, we make it really funny and modular and meme-based and gift-based and really, really, really high design. So we've really taken a real design-first approach. Then what we do is we really are giving everybody in this toolkit checklists um, to stay safe, but ways that are sort of the way that we talk to each other and communicate. You understand the why forms that need to be filled out, but really in addition, training that gets people to understand how to communicate with each other, how to deescalate, how to, how to handle a moment. Well, now you're taking care of how people feel. So that's pretty sexy yeah. because you're paying attention to people and you're making people feel inclusive and it's not a check the box thing. Right. And, and in all honesty, we didn't, we didn't dive right into DEI and we didn't dive right into all of these courses that people were screaming for us. You got to make it, you got to make it because it was just such a check the box. We wanted to, we weren't right. We weren't ready, but it's such an important thing that we needed to get experts and get conversations. And we're starting to get into it only because there are people who you want to listen to, not me. Right. And, and, and different people. And look, I, uh, it was great when we got into um, sexual orientation and different things like that. I, I interviewed my husband, mm-hmm. right? And so um, we got into those things. It was something relatable. So it was about how do we attract honest, genuine, authentic conversations? That's sexy. So it's the design, it's the content. In the end, that's culture. Safety is the baseline. It's the Trojan horse for building a better, healthier culture. Because actually, if you have training and checklists and forms, then you have structure. And you have structure, you have organized environments. And how do you, now you are helping retention because organized people want to work for organized environments. I stay at a place where they're organized. Lars, my husband as well. I mean, mm-hmm. so we're helping them with this. And we're building all of this together using safety as the foundation. But that's just saying, you got to do this. 
Well, now that you came, that's the Trojan horse. We're going to fold in all of these fun and engaging and effective little things on top of it, micro trainings, techniques, checklists. That becomes InsureTech because what InsureTech is, InsureTech is you had EdTech, which is educational tech evolution. You had FinTech, the financial evolution. Mm -hmm. And InsureTech is how do you simplify the buying process how do you strengthen the bond and how do you create more effective underwriting, which is at the end of the day, how, you know, to get, to get a, um, you know, your premiums, your insurance broker has to basically try to petition you going to college, mm -hmm. all of these things. So the industry is moving that way to try to simplify it. Well, I'm saying, okay, I know if they're training, right. I know if they're being safe. I know if they're doing the checklists, I know if people are showing up, I know if they're delivering information that creates an inclusive environment authentically that we care about. I know if they're participating in the conversation. Well, in general, they're a better, um, they're less of a risk and a better bet that you want to ensure them. And we're able to take that data and that engagement. And now we're partnering with insurance companies to say, if you want to play ball, they want to play ball. Let's actually get you together because the insurance companies, we think that they just want to keep raising premiums. They don't. They just want to stop spending money on things that were avoidable. And so I'm coming in the middle being like, well, I know how to drive human behavior. We know how to track it. We're partnering with the companies that see that they want to have buy-in and make sure that we're all rowing in the same direction. And so I'm coming at it from two approaches. Get the, get the restaurants on board, get the insurance companies on board, and then as we start to bridge the gap together. Man, that is genius. I just, I love that. And people want to feel safe in their working environment, whether that's physically, spiritually, emotionally, scheduling, whatever. So, and you get that, like you totally, yeah. you totally get it. It's like a Jason Berkowitz official certification program. Like, <laughs> like if you're, if you are, if you are, if you are certified by Jason, then you can be insured. I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome. I appreciate it. And it's funny. It's, I, I looked at when I set out, I said, how do I scale me? And I yeah. said, <laughs> you know, in a respectful sense, and now it's bringing together other people, but here's what I'm really excited about. This, I've been really focused on uh, safety. Here we go, right? It, we solve a very specific problem. It works for larger carriers. Or it works for larger companies, multi-unit operators. We're coming in and we're solving this and, and we're a sliver in your tech. Truthfully, you're finding me in a bit of a, of a, not a transformational moment, but a bit of an interesting moment coming back from the restaurant show last week in mm. Chicago, where everyone was talking about enterprise versus mom and pop. And I, I, I've got my core focus and, and I'm going to stick to it. But I realized that as I built this platform, which is basically, as I said, it's a communication platform like Apple TV Plus to whatever role you are. Well, why can't I really go out and help the mom and pops more? We, I'm part of the Independent Hospitality Coalition in Los Angeles. We have 1,200 members in independent restaurants. I donate my time to so many different restaurants for consulting. I've opened up a bunch of places. I was, uh, I opened up Gucci's first restaurant in the United States. They came to me and I built their training program. I've got these things. And I said, 
how do I not lose focus, right? I'm going to New York next week, InsureTech, continue the partnerships with some of these great insurance companies, continue the partnerships with the restaurant groups, continue to roll out our bread and butter, which is courses. But what if I really connect every single small business in California starting with and grow and you both let's do this and Mandy let's you know and, and and right San Diego is how do I connect every small business get them on the platform and then we can drop in the information depending on what if you're an owner great if you're you're working on sales and catering and whatnot Mandy's dropping in for you if you've got if you're a safety lead here's your course if you're a supervisor Here's our resident employment attorney who's going to give you the tip to remind you in story base what you need to do this week to make sure that you're not uh, that you're not exposed in the company. For instance, there's a lawsuit going around. These ambulance chasers are going after these little mom and pop shops for thirty five to sixty thousand dollars a pop. One of them was, "Hey, is there?" They asked him, "Are any of you punching out?" And while you're waiting for your tips, you're sitting there. Yeah. Well, we all used to do this. No, that's a violation. You get a lawsuit. You need to either get them out of the building or keep them on the clock. Well, there was no malintent. It was just kind of how we did it. Mm -hmm. So let's take that story. Let's drop that into the, into the 21 year old supervisor who's left to close up and is closing people out at night. How do they get this information? Well, now we've got marketing business, compliance, legal, safety, how I feel. All of this is just now creating content so that we can really support every small business in California and really keep Main Street open, which is, again, going back to what I said at the beginning. What did I love about working in restaurants? The What I learned, the responsibility, how we all work together, how I learned to play well with each other. So you're finding me in a moment right now where I'm like, son of a bitch. I actually can do more than I even thought I could. And we got safety, but shit, we can literally go out there and save so and help so many of these independent restaurants, which is my love. And I'm not going to turn down the enterprise. Come on. This is great. Maybe it's a Tom's one for one. You pay this and they get this for a discount. I, That'll all figure itself out. Mm. It's just, you're, it's there. Yeah, you're evolving the enterprise. You're part, yeah, that's pretty rad. Now, you just came back from the restaurant show. You're a veteran of like, you know, the restaurant industry. But one of the biggest issues, I'm sure you've heard about it, maybe you've written about it, is just properly staffing all these restaurants post-pandemic, particularly where it's so hard to find and keep. Good people. What are your thoughts on that? What can we do as an issue to improve it? What do you think? I think um, I think technology is here. I think we need to embrace where it can be efficient. I think there are things like ordering kiosks and other things that that you create somewhat somewhat of an omni opportunity for people who don't want to order with a cashier, they can or they can't. So I think it's about leveraging the efficiencies of technology. I think there's some great tools in knowing where you stand in the guest experience. And so you've got that. So what we're talking about is removing some of the friction. I think it's leveraging some of the tech that is out there that I'm even doing or scheduling, which answers 
the two most important things that every employee wants to know. There's only two things we got to answer. What's my job? How am I doing? And so what's my job? We're getting better at tech to roll that out. We're minimizing some of the grunt work through technology. And we've got to get a little bit better at the how I'm doing feedback. And part of that is another thing we're really working on again, and, and I'll come back to this in our leadership development, is really working with the supervisors to know how to um, build relationship with their team members. I mean, we interviewed 18-year-olds to 60 to 70-year-olds, and they all said the same thing, build a relationship. And so if 70% of the people quit managers, not jobs, well, we're really working on, on the empathetic tools to, to support that. So it's all of that now coming back to your, that's a bit of the restaurant show and a bit of what we're working on. I do fall under the category of if you're a good operator and you're working with your teams and you're paying and you're organized and you're not in some extremely remote area, you've pretty much been able to refill your staff. And I think for some people, there's the outliers and somebody could be listening to this and being like, I'm a good operator. I'm doing everything and it's not working <laughs> and maybe it's not working, but I can tell you a couple things. One is there are those that are struggling still. And a lot of that is in them. And it is, it just is. Um, and maybe we can help them in, in, in with scalable tools, but there's that. And there's just sort of a look in the mirror. You know, there's a lot of people who are still not, I'm careful to not use the word victim in that sense, but things are happening to them consistently and they need to take a little bit more control of that. And that's showing up. And then there's uh, businesses that are still open that, due to rent moratoriums and things like that, that need to just close. And and they're not going to make their payment to their landlords. And because they're struggling with that, they're not able to reinvest in their business, which means they've got employees working on outdated stuff and the corners are dirty and they haven't re-upped on the mats that they're standing on. And you just feel this disconnect. That's another problem. I I, I think... I think the responsibility, again, some places are hard and a lot of people shifted, but a lot of people are coming back now to restaurants yeah, because their entrepreneur gig didn't work or their other thing didn't work and restaurants got to be prepared to take them. And that's a little bit of, of hard love, um, yeah. but that's what I believe. That's, that's my experience. Okay. All right. Now we are to the part of the show where we flip the script. We let you ask both Mandy and myself a question and we answer it. So whom would you like to answer the question first? I'm going to flip this around. Can I change the forum? Yeah, oh, yes, for yes, sure. They're very malleable. If that's the right yeah. word. Yes. <laughs> we're we're going to do rapid fire. <gasps> okay, oh, let's go. Very simple one. <laughs> yes. Five each. Very simple. Very quick. Don't think about it. Okay. Mandy, you're first. Okay, ready. Coke or ready. Pe Coke or Pepsi. Ooh, Pepsi, but I, I don't like soda, but Pepsi, if I was forced to. <laughs> in and out or Shake Shack? In and out. Cobb salad or chop salad? Chop salad. New York, New York style pizza or Detroit style pizza? New York style pizza. Hummus or salsa? Hummus, always, but with no additives. <laughs> with no additives. <laughs> <laughs> no.
No citric acid in my hummus. Just some, yes. just some good chickpeas. You, uh, I like it. No citric acid, just chickpeas. We got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. That was that good. Was, good answer. Good job. And I appreciate no soda. And what's funny is I'm a water drinker, but man, the, the Coke installation at the NRA was so good. I just kept going back and I was like, oh. this is, this is a cheat week. I get to do this. I need energy. It's supplying what I need. Yes. The guy that I was walking with was like, really? You're going back? Again? No tumbler? judgment. No Are you, do you call it pop? Um, do you call it pop or soda? So, uh, soda. Because oh. we're, we're just, pop's a little bit more East Coast, right? Yeah. Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. Pop, pop pop's Midwest. very Cleveland. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Amani, you ready? I'm ready. Beach or mountains? Beach. Reese's or Snickers? Snickers, although I really like Kit Kat, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. Funny, I was going to put Reese's or Kit Kat, but I was like, that doesn't yes. feel right. I actually changed it. Yeah. Oh, Technique wow. 1200s or digital turntables like a Pioneer? Technique 1200s. I got a pair right behind me. Yeah, I got a pair too. I got one out okay. and then one in the closet from years ago. Right. Uh, September or Hypnotize, which is your song to get a dance floor moving? September from Cool and the Gang, Hypnotize from Biggie. September from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Not cool. Earth, Wind, and Fire. What I say? Cool in the game. Okay. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. I'm going. Oh, hypnotize, Biggie. We'll go with the uh, hypnotize, Biggie. Just it's my my friend turned me on. He's like, you want to see me move a dance floor? And it yeah. just every time. Uh, yeah. Closing finale. Mariah Carey's Rainbow or Glitter? Rainbow. <laughs> well, glitter was unfortunate. As you see, Mariah. Where's Mariah? Mariah's right there. I you know. See there. Yep. Yes, Glitter was unfortunate. There were some good songs from there, but Rainbow, like, you know, Mariah's got me through many a time. So, yes, great questions. <laughs> that was fun. We haven't had a guest do a yeah. flash fire round yet. That was awesome. I love that. That was yeah. great. Good stuff. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Thank you. Fun time. Love the prep, yeah. too. Love the prep, too. Uh, Mandy, what are some of our... Well, I can I can go with my, my favorite questions if you want to go that way now. You know, <laughs> yeah. if you want to go that way. You go with your favorite questions, but as a lead into your favorite question, yes. Um, yes. I want Jason to talk about his accidental business book club that he's starting or it's happening or it's tell us about this. This is super. Well, fun. it's it's so it's funny is I, it was originally I don't know if it's a business book club. And I think I might have to do, too, because it started <laughs> off with um, with uh, Rick Rubin. Right. And I saw that oh. you, you you got into him. Right. And it was the yeah. creativity. Then it went into unreasonable hospitality mm -hmm. and which got into that. I know sales tales come down the pipeline and I might have to do two, but what was, here's what was funny was I just did a, a post, a fun little video that I've been making that, you know, I've been getting into that and getting out there more. And I just said for Burko's book club and it was like, Boom, all these people just start, what's next? Oh my God, we have a book hub. Let's go in. Let's get this thing going. And so I, I'm on the fence. If I do too, I would love your thoughts on this. Here's, here's something. I know that all roads lead for this to me to my book, right? And my book falls into the self-betterment. I don't know what the category is right now, but I, I know that I don't want well, we'll play a couple shows and my band plays a couple shows live and it's great, but I'm really excited. I've, I've kind of just kind of like recently realized that let's say five years from now or whatnot, if I can fill up 
a 200 seat venue in a town, you know, whatever the mathematics ends up being, right? We, we put the pro forma together. I'm, I'm a pro forma junkie. You put it together. If I can solve and know where we go, that if I can get the book out that gets the speech, that gets the in-person uh, conversations or just moment that they come out and I fill those seats that I'm able to then go on a lovely little tour, see America, dine in some great restaurants, travel with my husband. This is the path. So I'm actually thinking if it's business or, or working towards my book, right? We're all a little fucked up is getting the books that will get to ultimately sell, sell books for me and fill the seats. So what are your thoughts? I mean, why don't I, I, first of all, I see no right reason why you can't do this because those are all intertwined. Um, I believe in niching down. And if you try to be all things to all people, it doesn't always right. work out, especially if you're hosting an event, 200 people or a thousand people. Um, you know, you have to remember too, a lot of those people are just going to come because they like you as a person and they'll just eat anything you're feeding them. Right. So, you know, I, 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 uh, I don't know if it's business book or regular book, but I like the idea and I think Amani and I will support you and be a part of it, um, as much yes. as possible. I love that. That's super yeah. rad. Yeah. And, and, you know, Sean would say probably again, Sean Walchef, our friend would say, well, just start and you'll figure out <laughs> what like people that. are going to want yeah. or not want it. And, it. and it's interesting. It's so true, right? You don't know what's going to resonate. I would have never thought that it would resonate the way it resonated. I would have never thought that my was a throwaway line years ago, last year on, on our morning clubhouse where I said, um, but what if it all works out, mm -hmm. you know, where everyone was stressing and I just said, but what if it all works out? Mm -hmm. I said that to my cousin, I said that maybe to three people and they have repeated it back to me time. It, it was a throwaway line for me. So maybe it's just no matter what the answer is, but you're right. You have to niche down but maybe it's a larger funnel that you find what the activation is and you keep going down a little bit more and then it starts to build. And I guess just like anything, right? If I look at it like a menu, people would say to me, um, oh my God, you scaled Umami Burger. You have to help me launch this idea. And I'm like, I, I didn't start Umami Burger. Mm -hmm. There was something that was hot and I knew how to put, you know, fuel behind it and how to grow something. Um, you know, in the day of the algorithm, things can pop and then we'll push on that. Yeah. Maybe it's a Burko brand, Burko brand, you know, just you as a human, you know, people, people gravitating towards that. It's, it, that it, it's what I'm working towards. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk more about that a little bit, a little bit offline. It, it's all, it's all coming to light. And, and truthfully, Mandy is, you know, the thing that I'm working towards more than any, and maybe this is even leading a little bit into Imani, what you'd be getting into in favorite questions I know of is um, putting myself out there more first and foremost, and then being able to put myself out there more in a sales position, being able to put myself out there more to ask things of people, mm -hmm. right? To ask for the sale, being able to get uncomfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and not worrying about going overboard, right? But dialing it a little bit more. And I think this all ties in. And, and really, it's where I think this clubhouse group is um, has been extremely helpful too. 
because it really is a, a, a safe zone where you can talk about things and, and we're still held accountable to show up and do stuff. And, and, you know, Amani, you know, uh, not to, you know, a bunch, but a professor published, you're doing a lot. You've got this, you're going, what I know of Mandy, right. She's putting out the book. She's that website, both your websites are incredible, but, but <laughs> really the conferences and all, and just the hustle is real. Yeah. Right. And so the hustle is real. Then it's about putting yourself in front of it and allowing your brand to, to grow and ask for things along the way of what you're looking for. And, and truthfully, Mandy, that's something that I'm really working through right now. Yeah. Interesting. Just ask. People surprise you. They'll show up. People will show true. up. Yeah. This is true. Now, if we're going to go back to, let's see here, Michigan State. Michigan State is in, it's in what, what city East is Lansing. It? It, East it, Lansing. East Lansing, yeah. East Lansing, yes. I didn't want to say the AA word, so I know it wasn't there. I almost <laughs> said, I almost said <laughs> Ypsilanti on accident. Well, East Lansing. Yeah. Well, the joke of, of Ann Arbor and University of Michigan is growing up in Ohio where we're Buckeyes, we know that the real rivalry was Ohio State and University of Michigan. And Michigan State are just these fleas on the back of Michigan, you know, or, or obviously the, they become great contenders over the years. But as a Michigan State person, I'm like, we're not U of M's rival. <laughs> their rival is Ohio State. We can try to pretend we're their rival, but really kind of not and pass the beer. <laughs> now, if we're going to go back life. as yeah. you are graduating yeah. from Michigan State and give young Jason advice based on what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, creating something is only 50% of it um, and is not enough. And you need to get it out there and market it and put it out there and take it further. Um, and I was really good. I, if I started a project, I finished a project. What I wasn't great at, my, my garage is still filled with inventions. Um, <laughs> you know, great inventions that you need to see it through and take it across the finish line down to a musical that I wrote years ago that literally Stephen Sondheim's right-hand man was like, can we please start to work? Not Sondheim, but like on their side project. It's not like mm -hmm. Sondheim was taking it on, but now I wrote it. What's next, right? I'm done. Let's go do the next thing. And, and that's what I think has been really important for me with arrow up is, um, you know, almost quite the opposite was, when the pandemic hits and, and things shut down, it's really getting scrappy and figuring out how to navigate. Um, Cause we don't use the word pivot anymore, I guess. Yeah. And pirouette, pirouette. Yes. Yeah. We're yeah. yeah. <laughs> pirouette. And, um, and, and find a way to, to actually keep it alive and keep going, which was great. Um, so that's what I would tell, tell my younger self. Definitely. Mandy over to you for a final question. Okay. I have a final question. This is going to be fun. So we're going to put you in a position, Jason, to practice that thing that you're working on, which is asking for help and asking people for things. And I'm going to ask you, how can we support you? What do you need from us right now to help you grow and flourish and be the most productive and joyous person in the universe that you want to be? Got to go. Check, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I would say um, be somebody that I can come to you with my messages of what I'm delivering and help me know if they resonate. And then you know how to clearly communicate that to somebody else. So if I'm coming to you and I'm saying, um, making insurance sexy, right? Which you loved or safety sexy, or if I'm, or if I'm here to say, uh, a broadcast platform connecting every independent restaurant in Los Angeles, I would love to have the opportunity to continue to bounce this off. And then you both know how to take this and turn and then sure, share it, right? Tell people, promote it, be a part of it. Help me figure out what that distillation is so that what we're building is landing to what people want to be buying at that moment. Is that, I you think that's it. good. It's, it's a soft request, right? It, it's, it didn't go too much of like, I need you to sell this thing, get online with me. No, this is, but this is an important <laughs> Give it us a quota. Here, you have yeah. a quota. Yeah, here's your no, quota. Yeah, here's your quota. Go get them, Tiger. No, this is great. I I think that's very doable. We'd love to help you with that. So just, you know, when you, if you want to pitch it down or you want to slim it out, you just let us know. We'll help you. We, we'd love to help you with that. It's a great ask. And, and to say, you're out of your mind here or whatnot, right? Oh, and it, and We'll and, say and, that, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think with me, just right now, because it's really where I'm waking up in the morning is all roads are leading towards, again, insure tech, we're building it. I'm going to New York next week. The train does not move. There is not a squirrel, right, moment at all. But I'm going to, and I'm going to start building this content to see if, how it lands with the local operators. And so that would be something, um, jump in, help, advise, push back, say, quit your day, don't quit your day job. <laughs> but right. send you contacts yeah yeah yes. we love that no problem yeah. no problem no problem right well, actually contacts is great yeah <laughs> yes yes so jason thank you very much for appearing on our show we loved hearing all your stories what you got going on what you've worked on in the past hearing about the second book um so we're excited to support you thank you for asking also at the end so well done and uh, we'll make sure to share all your contact information how people can reach you and just Thanks again for being another tremendous guest for us. I appreciate being here and the opportunity. It was great. Yeah, yeah, and I was excited, and Mandy, obviously, to be able to geek out with you. Obviously, Imani, but putting the the face-to-face because we're on an audio app every week together. So it was great to just... There you go. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. and join so us. Join us me. on Clubhouse Friday, ten o'clock PST. We're uh, Jason yes. and I are there almost every Friday. Imani pops in every now and again. Join our join our crew. Join our little flash mob. Yep, I was. Awesome. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, round of applause for Jason here. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Adventures in Business. Don't forget to rate and review our podcast on the platform that you're currently listening it on. And don't forget to share it with your friends and anybody that might be as much of the business nerds as Amani and I are. See you next time for another captivating interview.